It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter, two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality, and one based in, what do you bet on Twitter, with music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome to the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am not talking to host with me as per usual. I bring you Aaron Cheddar Talk Bottom. Well, I'm glad you're back, John. I tried to do my own show last week. It sounded more like a sports show. Apparently, I need you. <laughs> there we go. You're, you're and I need you. You complete me. You complete me. You complete me. <laughs> no, you, you, you can do a solo. You can do your own solo thing by yourself, but... Without you, I, 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 it just sounds like me. Uh, uh, hi, this is Aaron. Here's what happened over the last <laughs> week. Uh, I'm going to talk about this or that. Nice. Jordan Love was great against the Detroit, the Detroit against the Dallas Cowboys. This yeah, awesome. this is good. Yay. All right. Well, welcome in again, I everybody. I don't know. I don't know what social media platforms John's on because I don't listen to him when he talks. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you right now, you can find me on X at Not So Humble Host. You can find me on. I got that one right. There yeah. you go. Uh, you yeah. can find me on Blue Sky at J.E. Barnett. And you can find oh. me on Mastodon at Scotty Johnny. But this podcast is also on each of these. You can find us on Mastodon at Scotty Johnny Pod, at, at X on Scotty Johnny Pod, and on Blue Sky at Scotty Johnny Pod. It's nice and easy. We try to make that quick and easy. Aaron, where do they find you, though? You find me at Cheddar Talk on uh, X Twitter, and you can find me at uh, uh, Apple Bottom Flottom, right? Wait, yeah, this, that's you. It, it's been a while. Apple I follow Bottom you. Flottom at Blue Sky, and that's where I'm at. So perfect. Thank you, everybody, for putting up with my show last week. Yeah, we've got a wonderful show this week. We have special guest, uh, friend of the show, Pete, joining us again. What? And we are friend excited. of the show Pete's here? No way. We are excited, so we should hurry up and get to friend of the show Pete here so that we can get into that because we do have exciting basketball news, or at least breaking basketball news from today, and that's where we're going to start off with in the segment of our show that we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. All right, so starting off with the main event, we have our wonderful, illustrious guest with us, of course, and it's wonderful to have friend of the show Pete with us again. On short notice. Very short notice, because we had breaking news, didn't we, uh, Didn't we, Pete? Yeah, were we talking the Kyle Lowry trade to Miami? <laughs> or away from Miami, better yet? It's, no, no, it's not that, often. That was it, that was it, yeah. It's not often oh. on a week with a Packer game that we start off with Bucks news. But this is a Bucks news thing because I think, quite honestly, this is we have to say this is the biggest story in the state right now, right? I, it might I mean, be the biggest story in sports right now. That that could be true. I, I would definitely it's, say that, especially especially with the way the playoff uh, worked out. Playoffs worked out right now. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think this so, is definitely worth addressing. Yeah. So, Pete, why don't you you explain to everybody if they if they're under a rock somewhere and they, they don't have an app on their phone that tells them news. Uh, what happened with the Bucks? So first off, like, what a day! You know, <laughs> we start the day with Adrian Griffin's been fired, mm-hmm. and admittedly, I think a lot of Bucks fans were probably sitting in that space, 
probably beginning at the time of the Terry Stotts firing uh, before the season kicked off, like, how is this actually going to go? And we went through some weird times, right? We had mm-hmm. the numerous cases of just confusing stuff going on during games, right? We had the not fouling against Chicago uh, when they had the opportunity to put that game away. Very bizarre defensive schemes where they're moving Brick, uh, Brooke Lopez uh, away from the hoop and having him guard people along the perimeter versus rim protection, which has gotten him all defensive team. Right. And now we're in this weird situation where, like, what's going to happen here? And I, and admittedly, like, last week I was thinking about it. I was like, well, is it better to lose him now and then try to figure out what's going to happen for the rest of the season? Is it another time where we're going to go after a championship in spite of our coach, not because of them? <laughs> and then the news dropped. And then he's gone. And then we go into this kind of vortex of, well, what's going to happen? It was Doc Rivers right from the start. And then it went, you know, Jeff Van Gundy, Nate McMillan, who's it going to be? And right before uh, we got on, it was uh, CNN Sports breaking it. Uh, I don't think we can credit Anderson Cooper for it, but it was actually uh, <laughs> Doc Rivers. <laughs> Doc Rivers is the uh, is a new coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, which also going back five years ago, it was January 22nd, 2018, when uh, Joe Prunty was named interim. And here we are, January 23rd. Uh, well, I guess 2024, right. so a little bit off on the year. I did I just see that, that yeah. <laughs> I forgot. I, I just got the alert. They're like, hey, this is the the anniversary of we've got rid of kid. I was like, huh. Hmm. That's yeah. true. I forgot about that last couple days. Well, and it's, it's, a day, it, it's, it's a day after, too, when the Cavaliers got rid of Joe Blatt yes. in 2016 and hired um, Teron Liu to take over i mean this is non-bucks related but i mean what is it about like the 22nd 23rd this is a time that you're gonna have to get rid of your coach if you get rid of your coach apparently i don't know so six years now that i'm correcting my math has changed a lot for the bucks right mm-hmm. we're at an opportunity now where joe pronti i mean he just sounds like an average guy and he probably is a very solid but yet average not awe-inspiring nba coach uh where he became the uh assistant six years ago and he wrote it out the expectations weren't the same for the Bucks that year, even though they lost to the Celtics in seven in the first round. And notably, was the last uh, head coach of the Bucks to coach inside of the Bradley Center that year. And I remember that game, and it was a great memory. But times have changed. The Bucks have gone, and you know they went big game hunting, and they pulled Doc Rivers uh, as the next coach. Uh, I am happy with it personally, okay. as I think okay. about what could be in that situation. I don't think there's a better coach at this juncture when it's championship or bust for this team because Doc Rivers has been there before. He is a person that's going to walk into the locker room and immediately have respect of the players. Uh, Players respect Doc Rivers. They know where he's been as a player, as a coach, and he has a record of success despite some fairly notable, you know, failings, right? He's the only coach to lose three times being up three, one in a playoff series, but he's, (laughs) Right. He is, he is a person that can go in there and and start to steady that ship uh, in the locker room because it has been a very bizarre year for the Bucks. If you ever watch um, what the bench looks like, what the reactions of players are, it it was a, a time where they needed to do something, and you have to credit the team for actually going out there and making the move now versus waiting and seeing how it goes. So well, I, I, I'm happy with Doc Rivers uh, okay. becoming the coach at this point because I think he can come in. And, you know, I'll, I'll hand it over in a sec, but, you know, I, I think you, both of you know I've listened to the BS podcast quite a bit. Okay. And Doc Rivers has been a sensational uh, podcaster. And he's been consistently saying, I don't know if he was 
you're trying to lobby for the job subtly, but talk about how he's not concerned with the Bucks. He knows that the Bucks have the pieces, and he just is not worried about that team right now, and now he's the coach of them. Well, I had a conversation earlier with somebody else that was a, uh, a friend of mine, and he asked who would be the best coach right now, and I said, well, can you go get Phil Jackson? And, and I meant that I meant that in a positive way in the fact that you need someone who can coach and manage the egos. And I think despite Doc Rivers' bad run with these 3-1 losses in the playoffs, that maybe – now, you reassured me in the last three minutes here, but I think that he's one of those guys that can actually manage the egos. Like, And I think that's kind of what's going on here because Giannis isn't a kid anymore. He knows who he is. Dame Lillard knows who he is. Brooke is still good, but at the end of his career. And plus, you know, Malik Beasley, and that's another guy. That's another guy who could be a, a front runner on a team in a good position, you know, earlier in his career. And he's having some sort of revival. They have the second best record in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what happened with the Timberwolves last night. Um, but uh, you know, maybe maybe <laughs> they did not third, play defense. But, but either way, they're 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 the second or third best record in the league, and you know, but here we are, and they're 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 in this position despite looking very disjointed so far this season. And I, I think I think it's because Adrian couldn't manage the egos, and I and I saw it on Monday night during the game. Like there's a couple times where you you could see how. I mean, Giannis was drawing up plays. Yes. Sitting on the bench during the game. And I told Holly while we were watching, I was like, hey, you know, and when they came <laughs> back from halftime, they were talking to the assistant coach about the first half, not not Adrian. Was it, was it Patrick Matumbo? What's that? Was it Patrick Matumbo last night? I, I, I don't recall, but he, he's the one who they've kind of assigned that duty to. Oh, is that okay? So, okay, okay, so he was assigned to that duty. Okay, but either way, I it just felt like it was very disjointed. You could tell, despite, I mean, I mean, despite the win, you could tell that there was something was amiss, you know, and everybody on Twitter was like, you know, <laughs> Giannis telling Thanasis, uh, don't worry. I'll fight. I'll get him fired before you get kicked off the team. You know, that's all the memes out there right now. So, but I mean, to, to Pete's point, like, I think, I think the writing was kind of on the wall and has been about the last 10 games. Is that it? It, it, it never worked. Right. I mean, even right. there were so many games that we were struggling for as recent as Monday against the Pistons, where with three minutes left, it's a two point game. And we're like, why is this the case? The game mm-hmm. against the Spurs and Wemby a couple weeks prior. Right. That was enjo- it was enjoyable to watch. Everyone who turned in for that on TNT got their money's worth. But then at the end of the day, you're like, the Spurs that's are a, one of the worst a, teams in the league. It's a six-win team, man. Yeah. yeah. We should not be in that situation. So it was almost one of those situations like we talked about before. It, it was in spite of Griffin that we're in that situation. And you're 100% right, too. Like, Giannis has drawn up plays. Uh, after the in-season tournament, we had the situation where uh, where Bobby Portis kind of had to rally the troops and get the, get everybody else to kind of see the way that we should be playing defense and how to you know better orient ourselves against our opponents because the way that it was working before, it was only really working for our opponents. And mm-hmm. I, I think the, the fact that the players were helping so much throughout that point to get, get this point across, and Giannis and others have been seeking that guidance. They, they want that from the coach to help you know steady the ship. 
and, and be a leader of that team. So that, that makes me think that we're, uh, we're, we're making the right move. And we talked about egos a few minutes ago. I mean, in uh, 2008, and when you look at that Celtics team, it was Paul Pierce, KG, and Rajon Rondo. And you look at how Doc Rivers was able to manage those <laughs> egos at that point. Right. You know, guys coming in at different points of their career, which I think is always difficult to overlook. You know, you had Ray Allen, who's approaching the twilight of his career. You know, Kevin Garnett was exceptional during his years in Minnesota. I mean, probably some of the best, you know, overall, you know, Timberwolves seasons we've seen until uh, Ant's session this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the way that he was able to bring in kind of a somewhat mercurial Rondo in there, kind of <laughs> put that Boston Celtics team it's on the right track. The kind I mean, of way of talking about Doc Rondo. Rivers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a somewhat mercurial. Is that what I actually said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was very kind I, of acceptable. you. Yeah. <laughs> So, so uh, knowing those things and knowing that he can garner the respect of the locker room, I, I, I am on board with, uh, with Doc as, uh, as a new coach. Okay. All right. You sold you've, me. You, I, you've I, calmed I me like, down some. Like, oh, no. Yeah. Until you just sold we, me right there. So. I guess that's the thing is like I've seen him being brought into several big-time positions where he's had a bunch of different players. That, that part, that last part, you're right. That does call me some. He's had a couple positions where – Really should have won more uh, than what he did, I guess. But I do. Uh, you're. I, I'm. I'm leaving this to you, and I, I'm going to trust you on that one. Uh, and you've you've brought down some of my concern about that hire. I guess the other thing is you don't know. I don't know who else you really go get because this is a win now team. And I found it interesting actually. Um, this is somebody else I know had uh, put this up for uh, somebody I write with at SB Nation. I write for Acme Packing. So does he is. His writing name is Archon14. His name is Ryan. Um, but he had put up here, and I'll give a uh, shout-out to this. It's SB Nation. It's Brew Hoop, which is their their Bucks one. This is an article from November 14th, and they were talking about, like, look, this is a team to win now. This core group is not doing things. They're not winning on the boards. Their defense looks confused. Um, you don't have the, the sort of uh, luxury of sitting on this team. They're not growing – I mean, you like you just said, Brooke and 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 uh, and Dame, they're they're not new kids. Like they're we are going through those periods of time. And I'm looking at some of these advanced stats here. Like uh, Bucks are 14th in rebound percentage, ninth in in defensive rebound possessions, but like 26 in offensive rebound possession uh, percentages. They're 22nd in defensive efficiency rating right now. 22nd, and that was the biggest thing that we've been talking about, like their offensive stuff has worked. They're still second in offensive rating right now, according to NBA.com right behind the Pacers and just slightly ahead of the Celtics. The defense has been the biggest part. That's been kind of a letdown from last year's team or last several years teams. I mean, like or not the, 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 the bucks had great plus minus their, their margin of victory was always really good. And they've been bad and getting worse recently so I think with the players we've got, I guess, is that, that that seems to work. And you think that this is something where Doc's going to come in and what are the things he's, he's going to look to maybe do to get this team to play defense again with something? Well, John, it's, it, the times are different, right? Yeah. Even if there's Coach Bud, who was a defense-oriented coach, the personnel is just different with this team right now. You know, yeah. we, we made the move because we can't score in the half court 
we can't depend on Chris Middleton the same way we could right. during yeah. the last championship run. So we had to upgrade our offense. You know, defense wasn't the thing that was holding us back like it was prior, you know, to making that trade. No, it just is now. And, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, now, and now we've made the adjustment. And, you know, it's more offensive-oriented team. Mm-hmm. But allowing 125 points per game in January is not sustainable for your championship caliber team. So how does not optimal? Yeah, not (laughs) optimal at all. So how does Doc go in there and change that? Right. I mean, I I think the first thing is, uh, you know, pulling actually the bigs closer to the hoop instead of having them, uh, you know, guarding dudes on the perimeter. You know, if you watch games, I mean, how, how often is Bobby Portis, you know, grabbing rebounds versus picking up somebody, you know, between the three point line and half court. Right. It, it's they're not he hasn't had the guys in the right position to be successful. I've seen Dame getting a lot of rebounds in this this setup here at this point. We've got guards making those plays, but it, yeah, like you're saying, yeah, it's an and, awkward and it's lineup. The, and it's not the Westbrook style either, where Stephen Adams boxes out and Westbrook comes in because he's actually crashing hard at the boards. I mean, this is a situation where we're getting murdered on the offensive boards yes. because we're just switching too much and we're not making the adjustments. Yeah. So I, I think we are going to get that back on track and having the opportunity to have a, you know, stabilizing presence in, in Doc Rivers. And, and it is the right time too, right? We're going into the all-star break in a little while here. We're actually at the midpoint of the season. Well, one game passed, mm-hmm. but to go ahead and like get him installed, have an opportunity to look at where we've been. He's been involved in the NBA too. You know, we're not pulling him off of the couch. He's talked about NBA on ESPN. He's been on the ringer talking a lot of NBA. He's paying attention and, maybe subtly selling himself on the Bucks job saying how you know, he, does, he's, he still believes in them, you know, on the BS podcast. So I think there's a lot out there that is encouraging for the Bucks too. And when you look at the team as a whole, I am encouraged because there are still a lot of bright things that we're looking at right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Malik Beasley, who, when we were doing the pre Bucks podcast, you know, yeah. well, what's he going to be? He's going to be this year's, you know, Bobby Portis. He has a lot of incentive to come in and really make a splash. And he is making a splash. Uh, he's, you know, shooting, uh, you know, forty-six point nine percent from three, which is second best in the league right now. That's insane. It's almost fifty-fifty from three. That's Aaron. Insane. Do you know who number one is right now? Um, no. Is it Curry? No. No. No, not shoot. Curry. No, Curry. Curry usually shoots around like forty even. He just shoots. He just shoots a lot. Ooh. It's Grayson Allen. <laughs> oh, no. Of course it is. Of course it is. That's hurtful. Is. That's hurtful. So, it, 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 that is tough. But but honestly, like, you know, Malik has found his place in the lineup. And I think once now that we're getting Doc Rivers, uh, he'll see a little bit more in terms of how to get Ajax more involved, too, because right right now he's coming and he's playing often. Uh, he's playing pretty often, but he's also, you know, bringing that spark. He's had a few spot starts. And he's been exceptional on the on the defensive end. I think they have to work a little bit on how to manage his following, and but where to use him effectively to make him part of that consistent playoff rotation. And those are the things that you get with a veteran coach, a person who's been in that position before. You know, unlike Adrian Griffin, who has yeah. you know had 14, 15 interviews as being a head coach, but has never made that jump. And mm-hmm. you know, basketball is like football or anything else, where there are people who can be exceptional assistants in those spots. However, like once they have the entire responsibility for the team, they're just not it. And, you know, I don't know how many times we were excited. Of, well, I guess 
looking at like what the next Patriots coach was going to do, whether it was Romeo Cornell, Charlie Weiss, <laughs> you know, when they take that little right. piece of expertise right, right, right. And, and provide that as the guy for the team, and it just hasn't played its way out. So, and, and, and basketball is one sport too where you can actually plug a, a head coach in midseason. Like you, you, you wouldn't be able to do like week eight in the NFL. You just can't plug in a new coach and do something like that. Um, well, I mean, actually, it's every other sport besides the NFL. You can plug in a coach midseason. So let me correct my statement there. <laughs> but uh, um, I'm not well, sure what baseball managers do besides kind of pat guys on the shoulder as they come back in. I mean, they, <laughs> well, they, it's they about the bullpen they, and managing days seeds, off. Yeah, they, they call they call the bullpen stuff like that. And so. they got to start fights with umpires to let everybody know that you support them. The, the Brewers, the Brewers fired Phil Garner, and then they made the playoffs. Dale Swaim down the stretch in September, a couple of years back, about a decade ago. So the last thing I want to bring Run up about the Bucks is uh, so now we've gone from uh, Coach Budface, the the lost look into the stands, into uh, Adrian Griffin had a pretty good, pretty good. It was worse. Week. It might have been worse. It might have been worse. But now we're gonna have the Doc Doc Rivers stare. He's got a good. He's got a good. I don't know what just happened. Look, <laughs> what was that, guys? What was that? What was that? You know. Doc Rivers might be the most memeable coach in the NBA that, that we've seen. With the come on, guys, come on, guys. It, he's got <laughs> that look of like like the fifth grade dad coach, which is me. And you go watch the team go do something. Like, didn't we just practice this all day? And you just look at them. And you're like, why? Why did you do that? Yeah. No. <laughs> Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers has that. Double palms up in the air at the waistline, big eyes. Like, why? What just happened? Why? Why did you do that? We talked uh, about this, guys. We talked about this in the car. No. Oh my god! I, I don't we, know what happened to his voice from when he was on like his early commentating days to like now, where he's just gone like full raspy. But it's you know he's our guy now. He oh is, yeah, uh, oh, he's a full time smoker now. Uh, Pete, that's what okay. happened. So I, I, I want to make this comparison, I guess, because you bring up baseball. I think that the one thing in this is like, you know, we talk about like we didn't fire Joe Barry partway through a season because replacing him in midseason doesn't do anything for your team necessarily. But I think that like hockey and basketball are like the two places where you fire your coach midseason and it saves you because mm-hmm. it, they just seem very different. Because I think the biggest thing is. There isn't a huge tactical thing. Like football, you need a guy who's going to be calling plays, is going to be designing plays, and specifically tailoring for each team. With hockey and basketball, you're managing the time for a couple of your starters because, you know, if you've got Connor McDavid, you just need to find out when you can pair him up with anybody. And, and then you need to just work your off lines. What's your two line and your three line doing? And that's kind of like basketball. Like, what does your rotation plan look like? How are you getting your guys out there? How are you managing fouls and working the refs? And it's more, what is the gut in-game decision thing more than am I designing something? Because, I mean, there are obviously designs and in, in basketball and hockey. None of them are particularly unique now compared to 20 years ago. I mean, not, not a lot. There's little changes because there's more threes. And in hockey, the sticks are completely different now. But I think that those are the two sports where it really does make sense because I don't think baseball maybe – I don't think baseball does it unless they really hate the manager. But I think (laughs) changing a manager, you know, like a a hockey coach on the bench and a a coach right there on the floor in the NBA 
especially with the limited number of players on the court and the ice at any given time is, you know, five and, or five plus a goalie. I think that those are the only two sports where it really makes this kind of sense. Am I, am I on pace there, Pete, or you think I'm crazy? Hockey's, I, I know I hockey better than basketball. Right. And, and I think the other thing when we look at that is one thing that, at least in the NBA, coaches have to have something special about them. You know, if you're, uh, if you're Doc Rivers, you have championship pedigree. You've been there before. You've been there as a player. You've led successful teams. And he's been in the game so long that he does have somewhat of a, you know, and there are some scars on it, too. If you're uh, Tom Thibodeau, you don't care about players' knees. That's your specialty, right? Then having basso profundo voice and yeah. talking down to everybody. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Joel Prunty, right? It, admittedly, well, like I thought it was kind of cool that he was back at the same time as he was, you know, a few years ago, and he'll always be the last Bucks coach in the Bradley Center. There's nothing special about Joel Prunty. You know, he's not a tactician. He's not a former player. He doesn't have, you know, that gravitas that brings something special to really be excited about Joe Prunty being being your guy. And Doc Rivers does have some of that because he's been there. He's been in tough situations and he's learned from his lessons. Uh, and I think that is going to be one of the things that really helps his team going down the line. And also it makes for uh, for another great trivia question. Right. You know, we talked about, you know, Prunty being the last box coach, but now it's going to be who's the first person from the 23-24 uh, Bucks uh, roster, including coaches, to have their uh, name in the rafters. <laughs> okay. It's Doc Rivers. <laughs> His jersey's already uh, hanging there for Marquette. So. Oh, that's right. That, that's what I was saying. That's we we've talked about that at the office before. So yeah, yeah number yeah. thirty-one, Doc Rivers. So he's Come he's already in the rafters. <laughs> it. I mean, granted, you have the championship team with uh, with that, but yeah, no, no kidding. Doc Rivers is already there. So every time he walks into that arena, I always thought about it. Whenever I'd see Clippers or last year Philadelphia, when you walk in, I'm like, what's that feeling like as you walk in and you look up and you see your jersey hanging there? Well, own name up there. Yes, <laughs> we 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 have discussed this. Also, well, too, uh, so not to drag this out any longer with Pete, even though this is supposed to be like a five minute thing on Adrian Griffin. Um, I, I do believe that. Uh, I think that with Doc Rivers, it's going to be a chip on the shoulder moment for him. Like he's had not a lot of success recently as coach and he's put in some weird situations. Now he's on a team with two top 10 players in the NBA and that's mm -hmm. not even negotiable. Um, uh, with Dame Lillard hitting threes from El Paso and Giannis just being Giannis. Um, and the great roster too. Like, I think maybe that has something to, obviously that's something like they, they definitely dumped Griffin just to, to get the guy, just like you mm -hmm. said earlier. So, and, and to be honest, Griffin was still a win because if you pull back a little bit, mm -hmm. that was Giannis's, you know, pick for the coach. hundred percent. And with that, we've extended Giannis. Extending Giannis, we were able to get Dame Willard, and we're set up for at least you know the near-term future where we are going to be in the fight for years to come with those pieces around us. So we, and you know LeBron is also is not perfect as a GM, and we've seen that work as uh, how that's played out as well. So yeah. I think looking forward to this season, there's a lot to be optimistic about. You know, hitting on you know, the fact that Malik Beasley's playing at a high level. Uh, we still have not seen what the Dame Giannis combination is going to be, right? It's still in its infancy. We still haven't seen it work its way out. 
we're still working through the defense and what that looks like. And if there's one person we probably trust more than almost anyone in that Bucks organization, it's John Horst. You know, he makes amazing moves. He pulls rabbits out of hats. And what does the buyout market look like? What is the final, you know, we're 15, 16 days away from the trade deadline. Uh, names that are being floated around connected to the Bucks have been DeJounte Murray and uh, Bruce Brown. I don't know how either of those are possible without moving Middleton or a, a key young piece with them. But I think there's a lot to look forward on this season. I don't think this is a uh, desperation move at all because we have the pieces. And now we're just looking at how to be um, uh, effective and really maximize the talent on the way forward. All right. Since uh, also, sorry, I'm going to say one more thing too. Go right ahead. Get off the get off the Bucks. Uh, Chris Middleton, third all-time scorer in Bucks NBA history as of last night too. So that's how long this has been. <laughs> this whole process has been. He uh, he won the third all-time behind Jonas and Kareem, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he nudged Big Dog out, which, you know, I yeah. think as, as we look at it, I mean, and Big Dog's son is actually playing for the Wisconsin Herd right now. So if anybody's in the Oshkosh right. area, <laughs> they are they are pretty good watchers. He's no, well, good at, no longer and, at UW-Milwaukee. And it was, it was good. And it, he, he scored the points against uh, the Pistons, which is a team that just gave him away for nothing. He was a throw-in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so there we go. And, and honestly, like one of the best things about this, the, the most recent championship and what this team has, you know, uh, achieved is that we've watched them from its infancy and w- what they were like in those struggling teams. We've seen Middleton, we've seen Giannis grow, and we've seen the team change around them. But just it, w- what fun to watch to where we were then to where we are today. Excellent. Uh, I do want to ask you something since we, we do have you here before I move on to other things and we'll touch back on this too. Uh, your thoughts on the uh, I, I, Marquette here having a one-point win over St. John's this last week. Are you concerned about anything about this team right now? The Big East is tough. Yeah. It, it's not the league it was last year, though. Last year, they like they did w- much better outside of conference. Like, Butler and Villanova don't look like they used to. Seton Hall's good at home, but they they haven't been, I don't know. I just like St. John's hasn't been killing it, and they, you know, it's a road game. I get it, and Marquette's had trouble on the road, but it, it, I don't know. What do you draw from that game, if anything? I, I think Marquette's going to figure it out. I, I think they, they're going through some lumps right now. They just, um, you know, they, they've lost a player to injury for, yeah. for the season with, with an ACL, and right now they're going to be going through a little adjustment period. And it's different when you get punched in the face to it. You know, it, you start off really high. You have a couple losses that. Yeah. You know, you know, losing against Purdue, everybody understands. Well, yeah, but now Butler, though. Now, but now that you're getting into the season and you're going through that grind, my hope is that it's going to make you know the team a little bit tougher now that they're going through some of those lumps during the season and they're going to come back stronger. Because it, it's the Big East, you know, regardless of you know the records and how they played in the non-conference, I think it is a tough league day in and day out to play in. And right now, you know, UConn has risen to number one, and they've made the most of their opportunities. But is UConn going to be number one at the end? You know, where are they going to finish uh, the season? I I still have a lot of confidence in Marquette. I think they are still, and you know, as you talked, or you know, earlier on before the game between Marquette and uh, Wisconsin, that I think Marquette is the better team, and I think 
right now they just have to figure out some adjustments in their style of play and to kind of just get their uh, get their rhythm back and go. But I, I will say, too, on the college end, one of the teams that my son has enjoyed watching and I've actually gotten into has been uh, UW-Milwaukee. Uh, you know they're you know they're going uh, right now 500 in the uh, uh, in conference, and they're exciting to watch. They have a lot of energy. They're getting some players back from injury. They've had a couple of defensive lapses in the most uh, in the most recent games, but they're uh, they're one of the teams too that's going to be very exciting once we get to towards the end of conference and we're in, entering uh, conference tournaments. And Green Bay is going to be in that fight as well. That see I, that's the one that gets me more is UWGB turning it around so quickly from where they were just you know under with Bo Ryan's kid uh, looking as bad as they did because they were can, they were can we, god awful. Can, can we give him a name instead of Bo Ryan's kid? Um, Mr. Ryan. Mr. Ryan. Mr. Ryan. The young Mr. <laughs> Ryan. I forget his first name because that was, I mean, he was better for being known for his dad than what he did at It'd be super GB. ironic if his name was Ryan Ryan. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think, yeah, those two teams are always fun. We try to at least mention them as we go through, but I think Green Bay is the one that always interests me a little bit more this season just because of the change. I know Milwaukee lost a lot of height this last year, but yeah. Green Bay is in second right now. The 7-3 and three yeah. end conference, half game back of, of Oakland. Um, and they just beat uh, Wright State, and they beat Cleveland State. Cleveland State mm-hmm. just beat uh, Milwaukee this last week. But, yeah, they're, they're interesting. They got a good sophomore scorer that I'm forgetting um, for the Panthers. Is it Armstrong? Uh, you have uh, Pullman, and uh, uh, I'm blanking on, on the other one. But uh, one of the guys was, was gone Eric, for Eric Pratt, too, I guess, yeah. Yes. They missed a, a big chunk during the beginning of the season, but then they started to get their roster together. They beat um, well, Wright State in Milwaukee. And Freeman's who I was thinking of. Ago. Sorry. B.J. Freeman was who I was thinking of. He was young last year, and he took a ton of shots, but uh, ended up scoring a lot of points. It's just... They had, you know, like two seven-footers last year, so they were interesting to watch. Yeah, and and, they, and uh, Milwaukee has Oakland uh, at home this weekend, so that should be telling in terms of how they're going to you know, shape up in their league. Yeah, and it's not that Oakland, everybody, as we talked about. That's Oakland and, what, Michigan. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. No, yeah, that's true. Those ones are fun. The Horizon League is a lot of fun to watch, um, and we got two teams in there from Wisconsin, so that's always good to see, too. All right. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, we we always love having you on, and we'll we'll definitely get you back on as we oh, get yeah. further oh, along yeah. into the season and moving towards the playoffs. I, I was I was going to say uh, I, I don't know if we have to do another podcast yet, except we still have to talk about the Packers. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Pete well, Pete Owen, everybody, man, thank you so much for coming in here. Like, I, I always appreciate you coming in, especially on last minute notice. I tweeted <laughs> you like two hours ago. And uh, we not only talked about Adrian Griffin, but we talked about absolutely everything else. So yeah. I, I, we really appreciate you, uh, friend of the show, Pete, always stopping in whenever and, you get a chance. And what we learned before the show was that we need another podcast where we just do Army stories. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just get True. us and some other people together and talk. Ter- ter- weird terrible Army officers stories. that we always want to talk about. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Pete, do you, do you still have a Twitter handle? I, I, what, what do you do here? I, I, I've been inactive, but uh, I'll start going again at uh, at Milwaukee's best M K E S B E S T. I've been uh, I've been slipping, but uh, <laughs> I'll drop I'll drop some takes on there as I'm uh, as I'm watching games. Perfect. Thanks for giving me that uh, encouragement. I'll get back. Uh, I'll, I'll get on the X because I don't think I've Good. been active since yeah. it became that. 
I, I either drop some X's or tweets or uh, sell that to uh, the Miller Brewing Company. One of the two. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, well, hey, sorry I kept you guys up. Uh, now you guys are going to have a very late night uh, due to me never stopping talking. So, <laughs> No, it's fabulous. We're always <laughs> glad to have you. What we do. Thank you again uh, for everything, Pete. Love care, you, guys. Pete. We'll see you, <laughs> see you yeah. later. Right. Yeah. Bye. And then carrying on into the other things, well, I think most people have been I mean, we had one giant story, but we do have more to go over. And the biggest of the things remaining is the the Packer game, and it's the last I game of the season. I don't want to talk about it, John. I know. It's fine. I'm actually not upset. And I know a lot of people said that. And a lot of people said that beforehand and then super cared as it got going. But Aaron Nagler, maybe? Yeah. 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 He, he derailed. Man. Still. So here's here, we're going to go over our Requiem next week. That's, that's the way we've always done it is we take a week or so and then come back and talk about the season, and we spend this week just delving into just that game. And I think here's the thing is, I think the Packers had a very good offensive plan. I think they had a decent defensive plan for the most part. Um, I just think Joe a couple Barry, things Joe didn't Barry work. Joe saved his job, by the way. No, he's – this is the worst part is he probably yeah, did. he did. He yeah, probably he did. did. Um, because I think if they were going to fire him, they'd have done it. I don't know that for certain. I mean, like, it's hard to say. And I kind of want to ask around some people I know in that area. You know, like, is it is it something where they wait till after the Super Bowl and fire people? I mean, they had people cleaning out locker rooms. And they're going to do their self-evaluation. They're going to go back and they're going to do their exit interviews with players and then with coaches and then go back and look at things. But I had some people come to me on, on Twitter when I said, like, look, it's it is time. It is time to let Joe Barry go. He has been bad. And they're like, look, he only gave up 24 points to the 49ers just now. You can't get rid of him. I was like, that's not the only thing I'm thinking about. You know, if if a woman cheats on you for three years but then doesn't for a year, that person is still not good for you. You know, <laughs> just you shouldn't be with that person because you got a long history of understanding what it is. Um Joe Barry has put himself on paper as to who he is, which is a terrible defense coordinator, not just here, but everywhere he's ever been. I mean, he, he's, he is the defensive coordinator of the 0-16 Lions, right? I mean, that, that, that happened. That happened. Right. Uh, and he only got that job because his father-in-law was the head coach, and that got him fired too. I mean, it's just like he's not a good coach. He doesn't know what he's doing. He is base defense all the time. Well, it is always rushed through. I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say that he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, well, he has proven from time to time that he knows what he's doing. I guess he knows what he and, is and currently doing. He doesn't love, know how to do this job. Love playing for him. I don't know that they do with the way they talk quietly when they the, the things they say are kind of doesn't like playing for him. Jair, Jair, hates Jair doesn't him. like playing for anybody. Well, that might be true, but he does hate him. And on top of that, it seems like a lot of the other players are tired of anybody saying it's their fault because they're where they're told to be. To be clear, though, this was some of the worst tackling I've seen professional players do uh, in a long time. They did not. I mean, there were a lot of times this week. I mean, that's been that's that's been the case for the last 30 years. Mm -hmm. anyways. like if there's a graph, uh, 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 just a basic graph, it's a downhill line. To the, to the bottom of tackling in the NFL. Yeah. There is no tackling in the NFL. But I know, but the Packers are among the worst. It seems like the number of times they had 
And I'll give you. This. I don't I mean, know. They keep making the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and Christian McCaffrey. Have you watched an Arizona Cardinals game lately? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I yes, I say, have. I was going to say. Yeah, that's I, not a good. I, I don't know. I don't know that they have if any. A, if that's a completely accurate statement, sir. The only player on that teams, defense is Buda there's, Baker. There's, there's, there's teams that tackle way worse. Buda Baker is the only the, professional football player on that defense. It's, they, it's a terrible they, defense. They're at the, they're the 50% mark for worse tackling, which yeah. does not get you into the playoffs. So no. continue to serve. Um, yeah, no, they're, this game, though, the specific game was terrible tackling. And, and McCaffrey's good. He is a good running back. He's one of the better running backs, maybe one of the best. Maybe the mm-hmm. best this year. I mean, that's entirely. Uh, I mean, yeah. He has to be in the conversation for best this year. Savage complete on that. Uh, not the one that won the game, but uh, his oh. M, 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 uh, the one before. Uh, yeah, the uh, long uh, one. CM, CMC Music Factory. Like run was CMC. Sh- there was a shoot that he was running straight up, and Savage was at the end of it, and just completely bosh. I mean, Savage had the opportunity to save his job in this game. He yeah. dropped a pick six, and he let CMC Music Factory factory run him over it was and, yeah it was bad that way i mean there were a couple times where player in the hole ready set up to make the play put in position to make the play and doesn't make it and you're like that's not joe barry's fault then and yeah. that was a lot of that game actually just a lot of guys played their worst game well love played three very good quarters yards didn't he oh no he had 96 yards oh but and some receiving so yeah okay yeah, uh, yeah. The, well, the, totally. oh, not 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 rushing yards though. Okay. Keyshawn Nixon also had zero yards uh, rushing too. So, I mean, <laughs> but if we add in the total yards, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. No, I, no. The Packers should have won this game. The Packers absolutely one hundred percent should have won this game. And the 49ers, like they had them on the ropes. Mm-hmm. If this if this would have been played in dry weather, I think it would have been completely different. And. It was it was really hard to take in the fact that this young team just had the blinders on and were just running forward like the the like like a racehorse. They just they just wanted everything. Bo Melton catching that. Oh God, that was a great catch. Kraft, I mean, that Kraft touchdown catch. I mean, how the how the heck did he even catch that ball? Like it <laughs> it, it was it was over a guy's calf. Yeah, no, it was a great throw too. Every everything about that was great, and they were. But the problem was that first court, that first half, they they once again just like they did the Cowboys took the ball, and then they got in the red zone three times and scored six points. Yeah, and 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 that's the biggest problem, and the love shove that they attempted. On that, why? You're gouging them with Aaron Jones. Why not just stop, huddle, and do a fourth and inches from from a formation? Or do that on third down. You were right there on third down, and you can get right, anything. Right, right. I mean, th- there were so many just 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 so small. the love shove with like was it Watson and Aaron Jones as the pushers. Like, well, not only that, but Love Love didn't even get down. He tried to like surf, like body surf over the top, and uh, ninety one from the. Uh, I think he got it personally. Just, just 
Flash. But you'll never see it. it. Well, I mean, they probably did get it, too. That's the other thing. And there, there's, yeah, there's just no replay that was going to show anything different. Multiple other things, too. Like, Aaron Jones got face maxed numerous times. And, like, yeah. like, the 49ers were the worst team in that game. The Packers pushed them around. They did everything right. Purdy's an, uh, an average quarterback. Yeah, he didn't look good at all. And, and, and it all came down to, and <laughs> as, as PA, Paul Allen tweeted immediately after the game well uh jordan love has just gone from the number one quarterback in the central in, in the nfc north to number four blah 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 whatever that's so terrible. i me- i immediately responded to him uh by math alone he can only go down to three because the vikings don't have a quarterback currently anyways but, that's a terrible but, take what a, i mean Paul, come on him his crossbody throw at the end of the game might be it was Farvesque, yeah. That that was Farvesque. It's like, dude, just why? run it. You you've never done that. You've never done that. Like it was, I, I don't know why. And he had that. two plays. The interception. He had a wide open it was on first down. The 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 one interception, not the last one, not that one. The first one he threw, which was tipped up in the air, but it was a terrible throw, and that yeah, was on it, Love. It was, he had it was him behind. It was behind. Yeah, yeah way it, behind. It, had had he had he sailed it instead of him being able to actually touch it, then it would just have been an incompletion. But if he had hit him, like with a well thrown throw, there he is moving across the middle and he's getting a first down. Uh, but he also, didn't. And also, to this, also to this game's in the pouring rain. My yeah. view. Right. He had three good quarters, and the fourth quarter was not good. He also had a like a five yard little pass to Aaron Jones that he missed him by a mile. And that's a first down. If he just throws it and gets it to him there. And then we start running the clock out. Those two drives left uh, additional points because like you said, early on left points on the board by not finishing drives uh, on what should have been 21, nothing. Uh, but ended up being, you know, I guess six to seven or whatever. It should have been 21, seven, but either way they left points on the board. It's a young team. Uh, early playoff success for them. This is a game where, again, we were not supposed to be there. And I really do believe that. Like, I promised myself, just beat the Bears in the last week and get into the playoffs, and I don't care. They got in the playoffs, and I didn't have anxiety in that Cowboys game because win or lose, this team overdid what I expected them to do, and I was happy. 100%. And they made Cowboys, Cowboys fans' life hell. Let me try that again. They made... Cowboys fans life hell until next season mm-hmm. because they messed that all up. And, you know, at least, at least LaFleur didn't pull, uh, uh, what's the Tampa Bay coach polls. Um, the Tampa Bay, the, the early one. No, uh, Tampa oh. Bay. Uh, oh, this, this year, this year's coach. Oh, bowls. Yeah. Yeah. Bulls, Bulls. Did I say? I said Poles. Poles, I, I think. I was like Bulls, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I lost myself there for a second. Uh, did not call a timeout at the end of the game. Yeah. And then said that it was inevitable that they were going to make a 48-yard 40 yard field goal <laughs> when they were only down by eight. Uh, yeah. Just mailed it in. I mean, that could be your team. Mm-hmm. That that could be your team. That could be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where yeah. Ryan, Ryan Foles at the end of the game says, with a uh, minute eight left, uh, we're not going to call timeout. We're just going to assume 
that they're going to make a 48-yard field goal. <laughs> I've got my tickets booked to Cancun, and I'm good. Because I won one playoff game. Bye. So, anyways. And, uh, but no, I'm, I'm very, I'm very disappointed that my, uh, my Bills Packers Super Bowl is not going to happen. So, yeah, that is frustrating. It's, that, that's, it was a fun time. We, we can't even get into Bills, uh, Kansas City right now. I'm, I'm so wildly frustrated over a lot of stuff there too. So, (laughs) and, 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 and because of the, the spot we have coming up here with Pete, like, I, I can't even get into how many face masks were missed during the Packers San Francisco game. Like it's, you know, Hulu had that commercial about like scripting the NFL season. Well, the number of times they had, um, people have shown things where it says like the Super Bowl between the 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens will be on this day. And they're like, or it will be headlined by these musicians. And they're like, how do you know what teams are in it already? Like, uh Oh, (laughs) I mean, they, they put it on air. Yeah, it's, it's not there. like it's not even conspiracy theory. Conspiracy. Like I'm the dude with the weird hair from the Discovery Channel right now. Like, or national. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's out there. Like they have put that on commercials. Like I'm not even the weird guy anymore. Like no, nope. I'm just. That's what they want. And if you don't think Kansas is going to win next week, they will at 100 percent win. Next week. I'm kind of tired of them everybody is uh, yeah i mean like i'm not trying to be mean it's, like it's, i've it's seen over. enough of them and quite honestly that nfl the the netflix quarterback thing just made me think that all those three of those guys are terrible and then one got injured one got traded and benched and the other one had one of his you know worst years finished up the three seed and it's probably not going to the super bowl so i was like yeah cool you shouldn't do and- that show also all of them became more hateable from that show just right. all of them. Well, well, well. The one that became less hateable is Kirk. Probably he's exactly who you thought he was, though. Like there wasn't anything to change there. I just I was they like, they were who they thought who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. What I learned is, Denny Green. He seems to believe that if he wins the Super Bowl, he gets the trophy because he has a place in his house for it. I was like, oh. Well, you're well, it'd dumb. be like winning our fantasy football league. You'd get a small trophy, right? <laughs> no, you don't get anything. To keep forever? If you're the... Uh... Oh, you stopped doing that? You cheap bastard. What are you doing? <laughs> you jerk. Uh, no, if you... Um, that How was dare funny. you not, st- not keep buying trophies on your own dime? Uh, we did one for a while for the, what we called the President's Trophy, like the NHL, where we had... Uh, had a, a trophy for for having the best record but you know that's just a regular season fun one i know we have one in the basement i know i haven't done that in a couple of years i should do it but i'm just sometimes i just get bored and i'm like no <laughs> i didn't do that no nobody nobody else pitches in you, and, and, and no. you never asked me and i'd say no <laughs> <laughs> no i would help you john no i wouldn't Whatever. All right. Well, yeah, the we'll, only we'll other do the requiem next year. So we'll do the requiem next week. Next week. Fun. The only other, uh, I guess, big story we have because we did talk about Marquette and kind of where we're feeling on them. But we did get a win today from uh, UW. The biggest thing is they did lose to Penn State this week. Penn State is a lot of fun to watch, by the way. That team oh traps God. like all game long. Yeah. Um, and that's how they get some of these fun wins. Is they they they're gonna double team everybody down low. 
they showed what they wanted to do. I watched them against Purdue too. It just Edie kind of worked his way through it because they tried the same thing Northwestern did, just not quite as well. But Penn State leads the league, uh, the big, I think just the Big Ten, um, one of the top na- nationally too in uh, steals per game and points off of steals. They they do great at that, and they they managed to. Turned that into a four-point win against Wisconsin out in Happy Valley. Well, it's not Happy Valley for the basketball. You know, University um, Park. So yes. they, they did they did get that one, 87-83. Wisconsin comes back, murders Indiana at home, uh, and then they just beat. They killed them? Oh, yeah. Uh, killed them all. No, I'd say they, they outscored them by a lot, we'll just say. Uh, but then they beat I, Minnesota I just now. I them in a trial case soon, John. Yeah. We'll have to. Uh, they beat Minnesota today. They were up by 10 at half and ended up winning by two. So, you know, I guess good for Minnesota hanging with it. But Wisconsin, the currently 13th ranked Badgers and, you know, 14th ranked team is Marquette. Um, you expect the Badgers, I mean, they, they might go slightly up since the, uh, well, Duke won. But number 11, uh, Oklahoma just got beat by 15 at Texas and number six, Kentucky just lost to unranked South Carolina by 17. No, yeah, 17. So this is just beat up. But no, that's good. The Tyler Wall leads him with 16 points today. Uh, they used the, the paint scoring to do it. They outshot them uh, 42% to 38%. Uh, basically even at three points. And basically even in rebounds and turnovers, just managed to find higher percentage shots all game long. So yeah. Well, well and 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 to uh the the Golden Gophers uh defense, they've been a good team this year. They they're not decent, yeah. A, yeah, they were supposed to be the worst team in the Big 10 and they've been good. So, yeah. I mean, and and so they were it, Minnesota Wisconsin stuff too. Like of course them coming into the barn at Mariucci, they were going to give them everything they had. So the the Badgers had to overcome a full onslaught from whatever the Gophers were going to put their way. So yeah, yes, indeed. All right, so indeed, that's what we have for you this week. We're going to wrap up uh, the other, uh, you know, less uh, premier type things. Lesser. The other games, not lesser, John, but less premier. The ones that are not going to get as much ESPN coverage. The divisions be, be, but be, we be, cover be, them. Be quest one. I know. We cover these. We let you know what's going on because some of you are not tracking all of these as much as Aaron and I do, trying to watch these games, getting our Big Ten plus money's worth. No, uh, but we're out there know. doing this, trying to track these so you can hear this. And we wrap it all up in a segment that we lovingly call Our Last Call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time for the last call. All right, just because this is our show and we do it the way we want, we're going to cover wrestling first. So, uh, UW has started into their their dual uh, records this year. We talked about they already had the the Virginia uh, matchups that they did where they beat Oklahoma and Virginia this last week. They did have a chance to go uh, against number 7th ranked Ohio State. Uh, and Wisconsin, uh, they get, was it 27 to 15? Uh, they fall to Ohio State in this one. Uh, in terms of the individual results, Eric Barnett gets a, 
uh, gets a fall against uh, the Ohio State wrestler at 125. Dean Hamidi gets a tech fall, and Shane Legal gets a major decision. And that was it. Uh, Rivera gets a major, loses on the major decision. Felix Latini falls on a tech fall. Major decision against number 22 ranked Joseph Zargo. Uh, and yeah, so Wisconsin falls. They remain ranked at uh, 21st overall as a team. Eric Barnett currently ranked number four. Dean Hamidi ranked number five at 165. Shane Legal ranked number 16th at 184. Uh, Max Maylor ranked 11th at 174, but loses to the number 30th ranked wrestler this week. Um, Joseph Zargo ranked 22nd, as I said, lost to the number nine wrestler at 149. So something's there, but in the 20s for this team. Uh, For men's wrestling at WIAC level, we still have two teams ranked in the top uh, top ten. UW Claire is at number eight, and UW Lacrosse is at number four. Uh, it's a little ways down until you can see anybody else here from the WIAC, but those two teams uh, ruling the roost, as it were, at this point. Uh, this last week, uh, Lacrosse actually lost to Augsburg, twenty-three to twenty-two. Whitewater beat Chicago University of Chicago in Illinois. Uh, 26 to 12. Uh, and there will be a couple more this week. Oshkosh facing a duel against Lakeland, the Muskies, the mighty Lakeland Muskies from Plymouth. Uh, they'll be playing in Plymouth. And uh, Lacrosse, Eau Claire, Stevens Point, Whitewater, and Platteville will all be going to the Wheaton Pete Wilson Invitational in Wheaton, Illinois on January 26th. Uh, in terms of hockey, the men's team did not play. They're currently ranked number three overall right now. So that's, I mean, again, they played Lindenwoods the last time we talked about them, but the Badgers hanging at number three uh, in the current uh, USCHO poll right behind BU and BC. They are getting one first place vote. Uh, the women's team, fresh off of uh victories against Minnesota State. They beat them 3-2 and 7-2. The women's team is now ranked second. They are receiving zero first place votes. It's where they're basically holding strong there at 20-4. At 20-2 is Ohio State, who did sweep Wisconsin. They are receiving all 20 first place votes. In uh, men's hockey for the WIAC, uh, we still have trying to get rid of a couple things here, but we have uh, Stevens Point hanging out on the top again in the division or the conference. Uh, River Falls did get a win against Augsburg 4-1. Stout beats Northland uh, consecutive nights 4-1, 7-1. River Falls and Stevens Point matched up this week. Uh, Stevens Point wins 4-3 and 4-1. Eau Claire went up to Superior and then swept the Yellow Jackets this time. Superior had a nice run against them last year, but they lose to Eau Claire, uh, 2-0, and then 3-1. So right now in those rankings, we have Stevens Point at 8-1, Eau Claire at 6-3, Stout at 5-4. In terms of the overall ranking, Stevens Point climbs up one spot to number 6 overall uh, in the current rankings. Eau Claire climbs up slightly. They were 14, climb up to 13. And so that is where those are. We'll get into some of the other NCHA teams uh, later on when we get to that. Probably a little later in the season. In terms of the women's hockey, we still got River Falls playing Superior. They get a 4-1 to win 
Stevens Point skates to a 3-3 tie against Concordia, uh, a night after losing to Eau Claire 5-0. And then they also played a 2-0 loss that Friday before when they had a Monday game. So Stevens Point plays three consecutive days in a row and gets a loss, a loss, and a tie. Right now in the WCHA or WIAC, pardon me, WIAC, we've got River Falls still undefeated 7 0, Eau Claire 6 1. Every other team in the WIAC has a losing record in conference. Uh, in D3 women's hockey, we have, oh, uh, looks like Eau Claire still is the, the top ranked team that we're going to have for, for women here. I've got the wrong page up for me for a second, but they're still hanging tight there. Um, that's about all that I have to add in this week. Aaron, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about before we wrap up? Yeah, I uh, just wanted to bring this one in. This just rolled in just as we were about to wrap up the podcast right here. Apparently, the Brewers have uh, signed Bryce Hoskins, um, first baseman that used to be from Philadelphia. He is a strikeout machine. <laughs> that sounds great. All right, everybody. Last year, he had 30 home runs and 70 RBIs and 169 strikeouts with a 246 <laughs> average. So, but anyways, I mean, he led the league in walks four years ago. That's a weird turnaround, huh? But but he also had he had 116 walks and 173 strikeouts. Oh, jeez. All right. Oh, geez. That's your, that is your starting first baseman for the Brewers next year. Thus far. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another wonderful week of Wisconsin sports. We're always glad to have you with us. As we said, next week we'll get into our requiem for a Packers season. Uh, we'll start moving into focusing very much on basketball as we move forward and a little bit of uh, college hockey as well. Uh, we're glad to have you joining us from across Wisconsin, all over the United States and around the world, wherever it is that you're listening to us. Thank you for, for having us be part of your day and uh, getting you this Wisconsin sports that you're looking for. But always remember as well that whether you are on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.